Listeners, it's February 2020, and you know what that means. Two things. Um, it is Women in Horror Month, and um, it's approaching what's actually winter here in Denver. Uh, we are chewing the scenery horror movie podcast, and uh, normally you'll hear three friends, the same three friends, in a room talking about a horror movie, but this time one of them has switched out. Jolien has the week off, he's got important stuff to do. And Eugenia, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And Will, and I'm Richard. Hello. Yeah, Will's here. I'm here. Um, thanks to the Moon Rays for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. Say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. Buy the music digitally on iTunes or Amazon if you wish. And uh, I should mention we're not professional critics. Unless, Eugenia, did you become a professional critic? Oh, yes. It's one of my many, you know, side projects. Yeah. <laughs> it's the side hustle. My side hustle, professional movie critic. Yeah. <laughs> I wish someone would pay us to give our opinions. Wouldn't for that be great? We do this for free, by the way. Um, Which, you know, something we should talk about. <laughs> yeah. Someone should be coughing up some money for this. I hear a lot of the podcasts say, oh, well, this it's not free to make this thing and it costs money and all this stuff. I'm like, it does, but not that much. No, but as someone who shells out a lot of money every month on Patreon, yeah, I enjoy supporting you know podcasts that I really enjoy hearing, and I want people to continue to carve time out of their lives and amuse <laughs> right. me. Right, and you know, I I do appreciate the whole Patreon thing. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just questioning how much it costs to make a podcast, unless you're paying a producer. Sure. I, that makes a big difference. I mean, yeah. I know I listen to a lot of them that do have professional editing and production. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then I think, you know, just time to constantly upgrade equipment all the time. Sure. Uh, you yeah. know, invest their own time into it, commit to that schedule, you know. Yeah. I could see that. Where Think about it. If we got the appropriate mics for this, you would never hear the dog's toenails going up and down the hallway. Exactly. Or you remember the helicopters at the old oh, place? Oh, yeah. The helicopters, distant dog barks. Yep. <laughs> Close by crackheads and distant dog barks. <laughs> that's that's going to be our, it's, our almost, it's almost poetic somehow. It, yeah. it is. This podcast is so authentic. <sighs> so we talk about horror movies on this show, but sometimes... Um, we venture out at that. Yeah, sometimes we go a little outside, you know, the the normal parameters that some people would consider. Is this horror or not horror? So I kind of feel like this is one of those movies where people are going to be like, it's kind of ghosty. It takes a long time till you get to the ghosty stuff, the possession stuff. So It has a frisson of the supernatural, <laughs> but I was like, this is not a horror movie. Like it's the not. most horrific thing in this movie isn't... It's the rich guy. It's the rich guy who won't pay his guys. I mean, that was the most horrifying thing. So he's building a big tower. He's really rich. He's not paying his workers. That For sounds familiar, doesn't it? Ah. Ah. 
I didn't even think about that. He didn't have Real a- estate developers. <laughs> he didn't have a shitty hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> he needs an orange comb over. Right. So, um, yeah, I think we covered... Did we cover housekeeping? We Oh, recently watched. We may spoil... Uh, lightly spoil the recently watched, but try not to. This is... I would say we don't spoil it, but thanks, Will. <laughs> hey. I'll spoil stuff. Okay. So, I didn't spoil one cut of the dead for the longest time. Oh, man. Yeah. And that that one's so different. Yeah. Uh, so it, that's a movie that you need to not have spoiled. That one was critical. Like, it just, it, it would lose so much if you knew, if, if you know, you, you want people to sit through that first 30 minutes, but you also want to have that reaction once it's past that 30 minutes and go, oh my God, okay, that was not actually the movie. The reveals. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's do Recently Watched and then we'll we'll touch on what is Women in Horror Month and some other things and then we'll talk about this movie. So uh, Recently Watched, what have you watched lately, Eugenia? Well, we just finished up the uh, latest season of something that's not horror at all, uh, Sex Education. Okay. Uh, it's a really funny, really weird show. I, is it English? I uh, never know where we are when I'm, where they are. They're in, in England. The world. I, I mean, but I believe it's a Netflix original, which may or may not mean anything. I don't think that means anything. So it's not a pardon my murder. Is it? No. no. Is it pardon my sexuality? It's pardon pardon a, my sexuality. They say sexual. Sexual. <laughs> Jolene's not here to say no. We don't. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. It's hor- horny British teens. Horny British teens? Yeah. And it's cringy high school life. Oh, you know, God. so everyone's really awkward and everyone's ill-informed. Just <laughs> ill-informed and awkward. <laughs> and sometimes you just want to leave your body, but mainly out of embarrass- secondhand embarrassment right. than anything horrible. <laughs> I used to feel that way about The Office, but I think I don't anymore. Like I've seen episodes since... And I felt like a friend of mine called it squirm TV. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was like all the cringing and squirming you used to do. Maybe we've gotten desensitized. I think so. I, I mean, I've always had a high tolerance for it because I've always kind of liked that sort of thing. Um, but there used to be like moments in like Curb Your Enthusiasm where I was like, I physically have to look away from the screen right now. I can't mm-hmm. believe this is happening in front of me. Right. <laughs> and it. I don't know if you've ever been in a restaurant with somebody who's just obtuse and doesn't know how to talk to a server and you just look at your friend or relative or whatever and say, do you like your food being spit in? Because you, you don't know this, but it's happening to you all the time. Yes. You, you monster. It's happening to you all the time. Yeah. I just hope they yeah. don't think my dish is your dish. Right? Yeah. I had a friend who, uh, uh, they would, they would never tip their delivery drivers. Oh, God. And I was like, no, I don't want to eat the food here. If you deliver, if you call out, that's... No. That means you can never order from the same place twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, once you're, you'll get away with it. They don't know you're a cheap jerk. Right. You know, um, but then they're going to see your address again and be like, oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. All right. You'll, you'll deserve what you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and they did that. They called like the same pizza place every time, so... And they were overconfident. Yeah. yeah. Just completely. Yeah, they were like, why should we pay a tip for the driver they get paid anyway? Oh, I've heard that so many times. And it's such a... Unfortunately, I almost understand where it comes from. It's this 
logic, scare quotes, um, that is not grounded in reality. And you think there shouldn't be tipping. They people get paid. And they're like, no, they tip, the, they pay these people based on the fact that they expect you to tip. Right. So when you don't do it, you're not playing along. There and are, it doesn't matter that you want tipping to go away. Right. You're still screwing this person over. And there are countries around the world, some of whom may listen to us, where tipping is not a thing because it's covered some other way. But otherwise, watch the first 15 minutes or whatever of Reservoir Dogs and hear Mr. Pink, you know, Steve Buscemi's character, yes. talk about tipping mm. and how he gets corrected by the people with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, I'm sorry. I totally drove us down a side road here. Uh, so we were talking about... Um, Recently watched. Part, part of my sexuality. <laughs> what was pa- it? Pardon my sexuality. Um, what was it called? Sex education. Sex education, okay. Because what you need in high school is another high school student that you will call <laughs> sex kid to tell you all about it. <laughs> sex kid. Yes. Jillian Anderson, uh, who's now British. Right, they've stolen her. They've well, stolen her. She was she was flexible on the on the matter. Yes. Do you, do you know this about her history? Yeah, she grew up there. I understand. Yeah, she grew up kind of back and forth between the U.S. and the U.K. So, but she's I think now officially British. She's been in a couple British programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's a sex therapist, and she has a son who's a high school student, and he goes to school and. Uh, ends up being like a an unlicensed teenage sex therapist for his <laughs> his peers his idiot friends yeah <laughs> yes exactly and, uh, it's pretty good it's an enjoyable cringy comedy you know yeah jillian it's anderson heartwarming yeah she was in a, a part of my murder i don't remember the name of she uh, was in the fall the fall i was which thinking... is like a serious pardon my psycho murder yes um but it was really good like it's a really good pardon my murder it was bouncing around in my head that it was the killing, but it wasn't the killing. It no. was the fall. The, the fall. fall. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Any listeners haven't seen that should check it out. Anything else on the recently watched? You both mm. watch the same stuff. I so know. So I'm like, this is a twofer. You probably already know that we finished up The Magicians. Season um, four. Yeah. Season four. Fantastic show. If you aren't watching it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Do you agree on it? Um, Do you love both it? Like, yeah. 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 Do you typically agree on most stuff? Television shows, yes, because we have to kind of keep coming back to them together. Right. Uh, there's a few things where I'll be like, no, you know what? If you want to watch the rest of this, feel free. Do it on your own time. We've done that. You know, yeah. I'm good. I'm not yeah. coming back for more. I've checked out. But in the evenings, if it's a television show, because, you know, there's so many episodes, we usually agree. You yeah. know. Now, I think he's probably... Uh, tolerating Sanditon, PBS, <laughs> Sunday nights. No, I actually like that. Okay. Yeah. What's it about? It's an unfinished Jane Austen oh. novel. I guess she died before she finished the end. Or, I don't know, assuming she wrote sequentially. Okay. Uh, she did 11 chapters of it, and I guess they turned it into a little mini-series for Masterpiece Theater. We've, it's, it's we've really, been watching that. It's really fun. It's the I don't know, bipolar man is trying to develop a a seaside resort. Oh, nice. And the whole thing is looking like a giant white elephant. Like it's just doomed to failure. He's 
extended his credit way too far. He's also not paying his workers mm. or hiring enough workers for the oh, job. Oh, true. Yeah. So there's in, a theme, tie a tie-in. Right. Um, we also have a character, um, a black character who is an heiress. Okay. But she has a, a guardian. And she's from the Caribbean. And so we talk about slavery a little bit. We talk mm. about racism, uh, British manners. Of course, we have, you know, the enemies to lovers, you know, trope between the other heroine and uh, someone who I think is supposed to be the hero, but we haven't settled on him yet. And it's great fun. It makes you want to eat a lot of buttered toast. It's excellent. <laughs> awesome. So this is um, this is a good point at which uh, I like – I like to cover like things that have happened since last time um, when, when we have a return guest. So you were with us for our voodoo episode. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, like since then, we have, as a podcast, watched a lot of movies, and therefore you have watched a lot of them too. <laughs> How have you suffered them other than you're sick of Frankensteins? Oh, I have come up with so many new rules now. <laughs> um, no more Rob Zombies. Well, that's understandable. Rob Zombie is persona non grata. Um, it's just the worst thing ever he has uh, to, to wait. happen to a movie. <laughs> he has to wait in the car. Has, no, yeah. Mm-mm. He's not allowed in your <laughs> not house. Not allowed yeah. in. <laughs> he has to wait out in Dragula. Uh, oh, man. He can never be a friend of the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm just okay. putting it out there now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, no more Frankensteins. I'm sorry. We've, 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 we've mined that. Mountain. The well is dry. The well is dry. (laughs) Mary Shelley has nothing more to tell us about Frankenstein's. Via a hundred different inept people or people with weird visions or whatever. I'm pretty sure I have another rule, but I'm not remembering it at the top. Um, Was it no more Freddy's or Jason's? Actually, I think Will has a rule about no more Halloween. I do have That's the rule. That's oddly yeah. enough not actually my rule. Not that I am a Halloween fan, but I just can't care enough to make right. that the particular rule. rule. Hey, understood. I mean, for as much as that was a formative movie for me in the slasher genre yeah, and important to me when I was in my teens and throughout my adult life, they did so much garbage with the character and the premise uh, on the whole middle part of it that I don't know. I, I don't trust it. They're like, we're going to do a thing. Okay. You know, arms folded, toe tapping. I, I'm waiting to see what are you going to do? Right. I did not hate. Um, was it 2018? 2018. God, it's so weird. It's 2020 now. Um, yeah. So Halloween 2018. Uh, I didn't hate it. <laughs> Will, you didn't love it. <laughs> so, and, and for me, it's one of those where like, it'll be on and I might be reading something on my tablet at the same time. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm mildly embarrassed to admit that, you know, when I was young, I found Nightmare on Elm Street frightening. Well, sure. Which is silly <laughs> now. Um, but really what they need to do, enough of the Halloweens and the... Jasons and whatever. We need more Chuckies. Yeah. <laughs> more yeah. Chuckies. More Chuckies. We need fewer Freddies and more Chuckies. And they have to fix the new Chucky because he doesn't have cute little feet that go pitter pat. Yeah, which is Will's favorite part of a Chucky movie. <laughs> it's the best. It's yeah. the best part of Chuckies. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, this is something that I think is really worth addressing because, you know, because because we are... 
uh, on varying degrees and varying depths and lengths and whatever you want to say, horror fans or um, those who watch horror. You're at least a watcher of it. I don't know if you're a fan of it. I, you know, I'm a fan of some of it. There's certain subgenres, sub subgenres, and mm-hmm. certain a high quality horror movie I'm into. I sure. like it. I'm not so much of a fan of the genre that I'll just be like, yeah. Just put anything you know, horror anything, on the TV and yeah, I will exactly. point my head at it. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is, and I feel that although we are all fans and or watchers of the genre and several subgenres and sub subgenres, I don't think it all just gets a pass automatically. No, it shouldn't. No. Nothing should. I mean, I criticize things I like. Mm-hmm. If I don't think... That's healthy, I think. You know, part of it is, like, I have to care enough about it to criticize. If I just know, like, this is hot garbage and it can't ever be better or do better, well, that's just saying something in and of itself. Right. If I actually like something, my my being critical of something doesn't mean I don't like it. In fact, it probably means the opposite. Okay, that makes sense. Now, here's a question. If you were... Have you ever heard somebody on another podcast or a TV show or something, basically, I would say probably the easiest example would be like someone who's a feminist or someone who is a advocate of some sort of a, a racial issue mm-hmm. to say, no, I want a woman cab driver. You just, you just keep driving. I'm going to get a, I want a woman driving my cab. And do you just. Absolutely. I, I've, yeah, totally. I, I've, I've experienced that. I've heard that. Yeah. And I'm familiar with that dynamic. Yeah. Is that a little weird? I mean, I, I, I feel like maybe I'm an outsider and not qualified to weigh in on this, but I kind of feel like on a lot of issues, who cares? Oh, I, I agree, but it always has to depend on what is the issue and why is the person saying that? Yeah. It's one thing for me to say, I don't need that. I need, you know, I need X to be delivered. Okay. Yeah. And I don't. I don't have a preference about who delivers it. Right. <laughs> but that's me coming from, oh God, I, I, do I have to say it? A place of privilege. <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about representation. I can see me, more scare quotes that you can't see, listener, um, all over, you know, better looking, younger versions of me, all over television, media. Yeah. You know, and other people don't. And other people want the woman president. Maybe they don't care about the woman Uber driver, you know, unless right. they feel safe, you know, but they they want to see a woman in power. They need to see a woman or a person who looks like them, who represents their experience and their background, putting their story out there. Right. So if, and I guess... Probably a better example of this would be like if you were to say, all right, damn it, enough already with the old white guys. I want a, I want a woman president or, or a black president or a black woman president. And then what if somebody goes, all right, we're going to get this woman from this talk show. I don't, and I don't mean Oprah. I mean, just like some woman from some talk show mm-hmm. or Wendy Williams. <laughs> Hey, that's a great example. You'd be lucky to get Wendy Williams. <laughs> that's right. You, you be quiet. You're <laughs> you, lucky to get Wendy Williams. You shut it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, 
so do you want somebody who's more qualified than Wendy Williams or Wendy Williams because she fits like this, let's bust the, you know. Well, the ideal is you could get both. You that's know, what I would hope. That's the ideal is you want somebody and, and the ideal is you shouldn't have to settle. Surely there is someone out there who can bring it all. Right. You know, who can bring the talent, the knowledge, uh, whatever it is that needs to be brought. Hopefully and enough bring experience. It with, yeah. you know, a perspective and an own voice and satisfy that representation to say it's not just old white guys. And, you know, there's – so speaking not as, as, as an old and as white, but not a guy, <laughs> there is something to be said for having someone want what you're offering. Right. For a long time, no one had to want what this culture offered because we were busy shoving it onto people. Mm-hmm. So no one had a chance to say, wow, that's – that's really great. That's amazing. I want some of that. Right. But the way thing... Stop pushing it and let people want it again. Yeah. And I think that's really a good idea. You know, people should want what's better rather than to knee-jerk react to everything and say, whatever they want over on that side, I want the opposite no matter what it is. Because the danger is people are going to start using reverse psychology on politicians. Right. And if what you have is actually valuable, people will want it. So don't be so insecure about it. That's a good point. If it if it's if it's truly beautiful or wise or impactful, someone will seek it out. Right. That's great. And on that note, um and we really don't need to talk much about my recently watched because all I watched other than some TV was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Which we have covered this, like you talked about it yeah. previously. Um, I spotted all of the foot fetish scenes for Tarantino. <laughs> so the opposite of feminist stuff right now, we'll talk about. Oh, well, I don't know. I kind of want to <laughs> live in Quentin's alternate universe. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? It is. I'm like. You know, yeah, you're right, Quentin. That is how the war should have gone. Speaking of inglorious bastards, right? Um, and you're right. That's how that whole Charlie Manson mess should have gone down. Yeah, they could have easily knocked on the wrong door. Yeah, that wouldn't that have been so great? <clears throat> yeah, you know, and, I, and when I say the wrong door, I mean wrong for what they wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Because there could have been somebody who was like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> Did I mention uh, uh, when I talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood how I saw? A, uh, a web form uh, bulletin board where some people were talking about how great it would have been if Steve McQueen had been staying over at Sharon's oh, hell yeah. Tate's house. And uh, and reading that made me think that ma- this was a post from maybe 2012, 2011 or so, mm-hmm. and made me think, hmm, I wonder if Quentin Tarantino read this post and, because it sounded so much like Once Upon a Time and maybe he thought, you know, I can't really use Steve McQueen, but maybe if I write yeah. in these two characters. Yeah, and he did use Daniel, is it Daniel Lewis? The guy from uh, Homeland? I don't know. The red-haired guy? I never watched. <clears throat> he used him in the movie, but he didn't use him as Steve McQueen, but that dude looks a bit like Steve McQueen. Yeah, yeah I thought he was a pretty good representation of Steve McQueen. Like, you, you were like, oh yeah, that's the Steve McQueen character i mean he's so far in the background that 
Yeah. He doesn't take up that much screen time, right. but you kind of go, oh, that must be his Steve McQueen. And, yeah. he, and I think even the the guys who were represented as tough guys in Hollywood, a lot of them were probably pretty soft. But some of them, I mean, and it's probably hit or miss which ones were which. Mm-hmm. But there was a <clears throat> that particular generation, yeah. <gasps> Children of the night. Ooh, <laughs> dogs in the background. <laughs> what music they make. Um, you know what? Let's not even pause because last see last time I did edit it out. Oh, okay. As promised. Let me let me see if I can su- settle this down here. So yeah, there that okay. So that generation, you know, some of those Hollywood guys were were soft, and some of them were tough guys for real. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you look at Lance Henriksen. Yeah. And I think I told you I saw him in person from not very far away. He's not a big dude, but I would not step to him. I think he would just punch you right in the nose, and you'd be like, "What just happened?" Yeah. Well, that that thin, small guy smoking a cigarette who's like seventy something years old just jack you in the nose. So, like, you know, he's like he's a real kind of yeah. guy, you know, that tough guy kind of yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know easily that could have happened. Like, uh, oh, that yeah. Been, but oh, damn, so wasn't that better. last so you know ten minutes or whatever the movie that just pure <laughs> cathartic release there to so see. rewarding it, it really was yeah. so rewarding yeah because you know the manson family what a what a bunch of dum-dums and dirtbags yes you know they were just i don't i hesitate to say brainwashed because that almost gives someone an excuse right but yeah it was just creepy and ill and yeah just, ew. just weak-minded people who yes sneaked up on some people and killed them it's just awful yeah it is and they're living like parasites in the old movie ranch and yeah and, uh, oh that's a great scene <clears throat> yeah. i think that's my favorite part of the movies oh yeah the spawn ranch where where brad pitt's character takes <laughs> takes yeah. care of that hippie and makes him change the tire yeah that was so good <laughs> <laughs> that was fun i like yeah. that a lot yeah so yeah, I watched that, and uh, and again, I spotted all of the foot fetish stuff because I was like, you know, I can't not look for it. <laughs> yep, it's a Tarantino movie. Yeah, and he's doing it. He's he's he, he doesn't care. He's trolling us with it now. Yeah, he totally <laughs> and, is. Yeah. Well, that I didn't even realize that, and now Inglorious Bastards has a whole new <laughs> facet to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, Women in Horror Month. Let's talk about this and. Uh, uh, so there's a website you can go to, which is womeninhorrormonth.com. And uh, let me just quickly read the about paragraph, and that'll tell you what it is. Women in Horror Month is an international grassroots initiative which encourages supporters to learn about and showcase the underrepresented work of women in the horror industries, whether they are on the screen, behind the scenes, or contributing in other various artistic ways. It is clear that women love, appreciate, and contribute to the horror genre. And it goes on to tell you um, about some of the places you can find some things that they do. And um, they have events, some of which exist online, uh, that you can see some cool. some poems and writings that are oh. you know, put out daily during the month. So again, womeninhorrormonth.com is where you find them. Neat. And so that was kind of our inspiration to let's get some some women guests on the show. And and you know, Ziggy's been on the show. She's yeah, a young woman. I I love it when you guys have Ziggy on. She's, She's a really fun guest. <laughs> she really is. You know, she just had her 17th birthday. Aw. Yeah. And Aww. it's like this is this is who we want to encourage. This is who we want to give a give a voice to before she really takes that voice 
you know, uh, by writing things that get in front of people. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's hear what she's got to say. Cause I've had my thoughts and opinions challenged by her. Oh, excellent. And I'm open to that. That's no, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I think if my 17 or 18 year old self were to have a conversation with me, I might learn something <laughs> if I weren't careful. That, that would be fun. Yeah. That yeah. would be really fun. Yeah, who's this old guy? Exactly. What so, happened to me? Oh my right. God. What? <clears throat> tell me what do I have to avoid? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we covered, uh, we covered Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and we all watched Atlantic or Atlantics. Atlantics. We, yeah. yeah. So this was a uh, Senegalese movie, I guess. Yeah. And um, I don't know anything of the writer director outside mm. of this work. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So. And until Jolien brought it up, I never heard of it. Just like, in our, just like in the retrospective episode of our show. This is another great example of things that we may not have found otherwise. Right. And I I know I don't pay that much attention to movies in general. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who's out there making great things, who's winning awards. Apparently this one it can. Mm-hmm. It did. You know, um, and yeah. deservedly so. Right. This is some good work. <clears throat> it was a beautiful movie. I mean, just... E- jumping to the end but i i really enjoy just watching it yeah this is okay so this is interesting um now this was a um a woman director who was the first black woman to direct a, a feature film that was in competition at the festival Okay. And she won the Grand Prix, which I don't know the designation. Let me see if I can pop that up. It's an award bestowed by the jury of the festival on one of the competing feature films. That would it, be the Grand Prize. Second most yeah. prestigious. So it's not the Palm, it's the it's, Grand Prix. So okay. it's second place. But hey, you know, for somebody who came out of nowhere, this is pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, overall, what did you think of the mood of the film, Will? That This is something where I kind of, I, I like to... Sort of ask your opinion, like, did it did it move at a pace you liked? Was it the, the it setting? It did, yeah. it did. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised because I could see someone describe this movie as slow, but I didn't feel it uh, as being slow. I mean, I liked how the takes took, you know, maybe a beat or two more than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, how the scenes, there were so many scenes in the beginning that were pretty much silent. Right. You know, or at least dialogue-free. I mean, there's always background noise, but, um, yeah, now it just held on some scenes for, again, what seems uh, longer than you would normally do. Right, but not longer than necessary. No, For what they were trying to do. Yeah. So it's clearly setting a mood to start with. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, what is going on? I see poverty, I see streets and construction sites, but then you see the ocean. The ocean was so beautiful. Yeah. You know, I just, everything from uh, the one club that we visit a couple of times, uh, Gior's mm-hmm. cl- um, club, which the ocean looks like it rolls right up to. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, to that really, like, posh sort of resort-looking place um, that we have to go to with Omar and the heroine. Right. You know, that looks very fancy. And I was like, ooh, I'd vacation there. Yeah. You know, totally. 
I really liked the pacing. Um, I felt like the pacing felt like you really were in their day. Right. And in their life. And when we were in the police station, I'm like, man, yeah, I'm sweating too. Right. Being in this, you know, cement block, probably police station where the AC is busted. Or never existed. (laughs) You know, he complains about it at one point. He's like, get somebody in to fix this. Oh, that's right. They called it. Aircon. The Aircon. Aircon, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Yusef. He calls Yusef. Yeah. I'm I'm hot. I'm sweating too because somebody's got to fix this. Yeah. We're talking the the western coast of Africa, fairly close to the equator, I'm assuming. Um, I didn't really pull it up on a map, but I know it's the western coast and I know it's. Yeah. It would have to be. I I think it, it must be, but it's also within reasonable sailing distance of spain right um although you know far enough to also be dangerous especially if you're not a sailor yeah yeah i didn't know quite how close it is to spain but it sounded like they made it before or they thought they were making it before 5 a.m right so 12 hours maybe you know and you know this is going to be like a not a big high powered boat or anything. No, it didn't sound like it. Yeah, yeah it's going to be pretty low budget. Everybody mm-hmm. seems to be just like, let's take advantage of these workers. You know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, these guys are going to have to get to Spain, sneak across the border so, you know, they can try to find work. Yeah. So they can try to find work. So, you know, it's not going to be great work. No. But they aren't construction workers. So, you know. So, so is this, um, in in a sense, um, have elements of like Romeo and Juliet, kind of uh, this forbidden romance story? Oh, definitely. Okay. I hadn't really even thought about that. But yeah, they, they can't clearly, you know, the hero and the heroine can't be together. Um, he doesn't have many prospects. She's got a prospect that her friends and family aren't going to let her give up on. Right. Um, so it's an arranged marriage of sorts. I wouldn't say it's totally arranged, but there's enough pressure. You can tell there's enough pressure on her right. that if she was going to get out of it, she would have had to get out of it early in that relationship. And didn't. Yeah. And didn't. Yeah. yeah, I assume that she had a relationship with Omar at some point, that it, they met somehow, because it didn't seem like their families were necessarily picking one another out, but that they... But once they, they had gone on too long and, and he had asked her to get married or whatever, and they now, suggested it, and she just, for whatever reason, hadn't backed out of it. And, you know, you know, her parents are, they've been together long enough that her parents are look like they're counting on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, this is the right move. <clears throat> you know, consider right. yourself lucky, grab him, make this work. Yeah. Well, as I said last night, uh, Omar is one of these people that looks really good on paper. <laughs> right. You know, he seemed like he wasn't an unpleasant person. Right. He didn't, he wasn't, you know, a movie villain. Right. Like so many things would have made him. He just seemed like a regular guy. And, you know, he had some money. So the only problem with Omar is that she didn't love him. Right. So. Yeah. And he, maybe she even did it sometime, but he became boring or whatever. He's out of touch. Yeah. More than anything, it yeah, seems. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a bit boring. He's a little bit entitled. You yeah. know, it's just, he's, he's just there, you know. And yeah, he's going to buy you a nice new iPhone. 
Um, but you know you're going to have to constantly pay for that iPhone. You're going to he's going to demand all your attention and think that you owe him everything because look what he did for you. Wouldn't it be nice if if Suleiman could have just beat him in a downhill ski race and just oh, yeah, <laughs> gotten the girl? Could we get a montage? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, a training montage for him learning how to ski. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lack of snow in Africa that made right. that impossible. Right, well, you can be sand skiing. I mean, there's some other sport sure. I'm sure we could. <laughs> so as, as this movie is, is um, moving along at its pace, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, did Jolien say that this was a horror movie? Because I'm pretty far into the movie thinking, I'm not seeing anything that's even a little eerie. I think we're stretching, stretching, stretching for this to be a horror movie. Well, for it to be, you know, we are a horror movie podcast, but we do talk about supernatural movies. There's definitely a supernatural element. Oh, yes. And I think without that, it would be like, no, we can't talk about this on the podcast. But it makes me think, like, is that supernatural element enough? I mean, I'm glad the movie was picked. I'm glad we're talking about it. But it's just kind of like, this just barely, to me, edged into, okay, yeah, well, we can It's definitely it. supernatural by some of the stuff we see, but but that stuff is is loaded into the last, you know, quarter of the movie. Sure. At best. I mean, maybe even less than that. Now, the question I really want to ask you is, when I was scrolling through some reviews and some thoughts and opinions on this, some people referred to it as a voodoo movie. That's crazy. Okay, that's what I was that's, thinking you might that's say. crazy. Now, for listeners who don't know... Well, you flip this table over. The reason, yeah, this is a real table flipper for sure. Now, for listeners who, who have not heard the episode, our voodoo special where we talked about three different voodoo movies, mm-hmm. we had you on as a guest because you are, um, out of all of us, the authority on the subject because you. you're a practitioner of voodoo. I am. I am an initiate in traditional Haitian voodoo. Mm-hmm. And this was... I am a mambo asogwe. And this is something where you definitely know more than we do. This ain't no voodoo movie, is it? This is no voodoo movie. This isn't even a, a movie from Benin. It's not even I voodoo mean, adjacent, is it? No, no, not at all. They go to the Marabout, who is a Muslim uh, spiritual specialist. Okay, so... So they go to... When all this starts happening and, you know, some women are like, what the what? Their version of a shaman or witch doctor exactly, is, is, or as people would say. Yeah, right. That okay. would be the Marabout. And they went to go see the Marabout and be like, what is up? And it's not even gin. I thought maybe it would be gin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was our thought. Well, yeah. I thought they were... Sp- I thought originally that they were the spirits of the of the guys who left to see. Yeah. But then later with all the fires, we were wondering, are they Jan? Which I guess just means spirit. But uh, I was taking this more, you know, uh, fire spirit, you know. Right. Uh, and that's, got, that, that's evolved into the, the, the word genie. Yeah, exactly. So jin, which would be spelled D apostrophe J. J-I-N or just J-I-N. Mm-hmm. Jin. It's so, usually a D and a J, so you get that sort of J. Yeah. sound in there yeah and this is not and it what wasn't, that was it wasn't even that it was no. just <laughs> it wasn't, these guys it wasn't will smith painted blue <laughs> thank you jesus um <laughs> that would have been so fun um, shoehorn that into the movie and you know it 
And it makes me want to, I, I was pleased though, because I've been on this soapbox in my spiritual life lately. And, and, and those people who know me well, unfortunately, probably in their personal lives, I've been on this soapbox about our culture's inability to do the right thing for their dead. Mm, that's a good point. Um, and we have a lot of cultural ills. Every culture has cultural ills. In these times, we're dealing with a lot of them, and we spend a lot of time talking about what's wrong with our culture, what is wrong, what is wrong, what is wrong. And yet, at every turn, I'm seeing fewer and fewer people able to do very basic things for the people that leave, for their, their, for their dead. And there's always an excuse, so-and-so didn't want anything, I don't belong to this organized religion, and it's making this terrible gap. Okay. Not only for the dead people, but then for the survivors as well. So there's no way to mourn. There's no way to sort of wrap your hands around mortality. Right. Nothing. <clears throat> and so with these guys, they, you know, they didn't take a shitty little boat to Spain for no reason. They right. took it because they were in desperate straits. They and when felt they, they had to. And they were arguing with the man who wouldn't pay them because they're like, we have to support our parents, our sisters, our brother. You know, they're trying to support their families. And it sounded like most of these guys didn't even have the opportunity to get married and start families of their own. Right. Yeah. Because they didn't even have that much security, that much built you know, where they could socially even take that on. They're still just trying to support the families that they grew, they grew up in, it sounded like. Ooh, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. And then they go out, and so they need that money. They, not even for themselves. Like, they even after they're dead, they still need it, because they're like, I left these people in need. Right. And this this is the heaviness of this story. The The... The part where there's some sort of um, uh, retribution or whatever we want to say it was at the end um, has less to do with this mo- the conversation this movie is having with the viewer than does the abject poverty and the um, and the inability of people who are so willing to work and do the right thing to even when they're in the middle of doing what they think is the right thing to get just paid for the job. Right. I mean, they've done nothing wrong. I no. mean, they went. They worked for three months. I mean, most of us, if, if my employer misses a paycheck, oh boy, guess who's <laughs> yeah. not working? Yeah, yeah you know yeah. they that jobs are scarce when you're holding on to a job for three months with no pay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless you just really believe in whatever they're doing. I had an independent um, print shop owner uh, that I worked for in Hawaii bounce a check on me and... Uh, and he was on notice immediately. Like this this does not yeah. happen because your bounce check causes my checks to bounce. And this is back when people wrote checks. But um, what uh, what I ended up doing was, you know, had him replace that check with another one. And I haunted his bank with that check until there were enough funds in his account. And I cashed it in person at his bank, which right. I don't even think they let you do that anymore if you don't have an account at that bank. No, I think it's really difficult. Like even when I walk into my own credit union, they're like, do you have an account here? And I'm like... Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Why would I come in here if I didn't? Right. You know? I guess it does put it in perspective. Like, you know, I'm I'm the kind of person like if you bounce a check on me, I'm I don't work for you anymore mm-hmm. unless you make good on it right now. 
And none of us would put up with that. But no. these folks don't have a choice. Because you could go get another job. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a choice. Damn. You, you've got to kind of hope that this guy will do the right thing eventually. Yeah. Right. And then it turns out that under... Under threat of uh, maybe getting killed by some possessed people with white eyes. <laughs> or his his big project. They're going to burn it down. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. They were going to burn the tower and down. And that, I think, made more of an impression than even his own house. He was like, oh, no, my tower. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that looked like the Dubai Tower, didn't it? He did. Well, it, look, it did. And it was really impressive looking. Like, I was like, they're doing great architecture. What's wrong with Denver? Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've got all these. Big... Where's our giant twisted crystal palace? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Instead, we've got these big rectangle blocks with. Uh, to dress it up, they put a bunch of multicolored patchwork on it. Oh yeah, stucco and some cheap, ugly siding. Yeah. And some tiny windows sprinkled randomly. Yeah, yeah. Kind of makes you wonder what's going Did on. You go there. to architecture school. <laughs> While I was getting certified as a licensed. Uh, movie critic? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just another side hustle. You know, all my side hustles. Uh, listeners, I'm sorry about the bratty dog, but uh, at least I closed the door. We're having them piped in. It's, right. it's a little background music. Yeah, I, I closed the blinds so they couldn't see anybody walking by, but if they hear anything at all, they just go nuts. Oh, jeez. Yeah, little dogs. They're protecting the house. Yeah, yeah, all five and a half pounds of chihuahua protecting the house. They're, they're protesting their solitary confinement. That's right. They get so much freedom, they don't even know. They get, they get to go to the shop every day, and oh. uh, this massive shop they roam around, and... They get snacks. They're they're fine. Oh, that sounds you great. Send them to work. They're spoiled. <laughs> I wish we could harness the energy those dogs have. Yeah. Holy right. wow. Like build a big like <clears throat> hamster wheel that they could power something. Yeah. The printing press. Yeah. Yeah. They can probably power that thing. Run faster. So this okay. So back to this movie now. Um, when uh, when the rich guy is is under threat that the tower is going to be burned down, um, they tell him you need to pay us, and then they all they also want him to dig the graves for the spirits. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the bodies, but the spirits. Well, no, I mean their bodies if they're at the bottom of the ocean, but right. they're just sort of extracting a little. Like you're going to build, you're going to bury me a place, and it doesn't matter. I don't think that no one's ever going to lie in it. Right. Yeah. He's just. It wasn't enough. Right. And and this bring this back around now. Um, so the Western world has an unhealthy relationship with with death and the dead. Exactly. I've said this for a lot of years. Like we have this really weird bunch of stuff we do when someone dies, and uh, you know, embalming, putting someone in a box in, in inside another box in the ground, right, with six feet of dirt on it, and then a marble or whatever granite headstone. Well, I mean, there's that idea that it must be contained, right. you know, as much as possible. It must be... The opposite uns- of a Tibetan sky burial. Right. It, it can't... Yeah, it's, it's got to be contained. It's got to be cleaned up. It's got to be sanitized. It can't be seen. It should be roped off into some special area, right. you know, that you only ever go and if you have mourning or business to do. And that, I mean... That's got some issues, but it's sure. definitely like death is is especially if you're an American. That is our shadow. Like we really think that we could beat it somehow. Uh, you yeah, know, that's true. if I eat enough kale, 
if I, you know, do intermittent fasting, maybe. Kale, I'll take death, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, if, if I make my life, so it's hardly even worth living, I bet I could live forever. Yeah. If I make it safe enough, <clears throat> if I sue enough people, right. if I pay enough in health insurance, maybe I won't die. So, yeah, the spoiler on this one is no matter what you do, you're going to go. Yeah. And it's nope. eventually going to happen. Speaking of which, do you think the fat guy made it through 10 graves before um, he keeled over? Because he didn't look like he was doing so hot on that first one. No, I don't think he could <clears throat> dig 10 graves. I mean, they made the, the <clears throat> comment, look, he doesn't even know how to dig. And no, he didn't know how to use a pickaxe very well. I, right. I thought to myself, if this for me, and I don't know why I decided to... Um, <laughs> insert yourself into insert the story. myself into this story but i was like i take it slow and maybe everybody would get a real small grave yeah. like wash some bones up you guys i'll i'll distribute them in my little 10 little holes they're yeah. shallow it's fine so you didn't say how big they had to be what did you think of the the conversation that uh suleiman had um with uh ada about uh the the wave He's, he said, I saw your face in the wave, the wave that like broke the ship in half and all that stuff. Yeah. It was, it was, I just thought it was romantic. Yeah. You I know, mean, just like he was the last, she was the last thing he was thinking about. Well, sure. You know, um, yeah. As, as it, it would be. Yeah. And it still had enough of a connection that he still, you know, felt the need to separate from the rest of their mission, go and find her. Right. True, yeah. Yeah, and, and keep her from marrying Omar and yeah. you know, get to be with her. And, and at what least did, once. And what did you think of the uh the way that we looped in the um the detective into the story? Oh, that was pretty good <clears throat> where he sh- shows up at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And he and his body is possessed. Right. I really enjoyed that because I this was such a quiet movie, but it was so good. Like he was an interesting character from the beginning. Yeah. You were interested in what was going on. Why was he fainting? Why was he ill? He was clearly not feeling well, you know, and he's he's just doing the, you know, the procedural part of the movie. Right. And he's. And it also was convenient because it shows you that's the first time we see that there's something going on, even though we don't know it yet. We don't understand why he's having these fainting spells and he isn't feeling well. And so if you don't really know that that's going to tie in to right. the supernatural element. You're just like, okay, we've got this police detective. He's going to run interference to some part of our story. Right. He's going to obviously <clears throat> be involved in this story. But you don't realize like how early this started. Yeah. The, 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 the dead aren't just pushed into the like he's the first person that actually this starts to happen to. It's just that nobody knows. Yeah. Right. Until later. I really when he finds himself in, in, in the footage. In the evidence footage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was like, great. Yeah. And I love the scene where he's racing home to beat the sun. Because he knows he's going to change, or oh, you know, he's yeah. going to lose his, his control, and he chains himself to the, the door, and that doesn't work. He gets out somehow. Yeah. I assume he broke the handcuff there, because it was missing the second cuff. Right, yeah. Now, was was there some sort of a conversation outside of the obvious 
in this movie where we see the um, uh, Ada's friends who are kind of the the tacky club girls who are mm-hmm. all wearing like the the short pants and the tight yeah. tube tops or whatever and they're all going to the club. We see that and even on her wedding day, her wedding night, uh, we see them and then we see the more traditional women. Like, yes, what? I think the, early on you get that conflict. Like yeah. because Ada goes to her friend Mariam early on and she's like you when she's sort of like, what do I do? Omar, Suleiman. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and Mary Don't like... tell anybody, but I really like, you know. And she's like, you're making a big mistake. It's because you hang out with those slutty girls. Right. You know. But strange, you know, or, or funnily enough, the, the quote, slutty girls uh, tell her to do the same thing, though. They're like... What are you, you're stupid. You marry Omar, you know. If you don't want to, I'll take you home right now, but you're stupid to leave it. Oh, yeah, they have the exact. That's why I'm like, her family, her friends, all of them. They're like, yeah, because Jor is like, I'd suck all his money up. He's only here three months out of the year. The rest of the time, he has to be in Italy. Right. You just <clears throat> keep going. It'll be fine. So, It'll so be it's, worth it, it. Yeah, it's unanimously agreed upon that he's the guy that she should get Right. With. Like, and, but the girls are... The, the only difference might be the reasons why. Like the more yeah. traditional girls will will sort of make it a little prettier, but her her club friends are just like, no, he's got money, take it all. Yeah, right. Do what it takes, and uh, you get a glimpse of what does his world look like compared to their world. Because what I what I noticed especially was they show their sleeping quarters, mm-hmm. and you see like this single bed butted against a dirty wall and yeah no mattress just on a board on the floor yeah oh yeah when she goes and finds where apparently Suleiman sleeps stays lives yeah he's got this room that it's just got like spaces in the concrete block for light and air it's a mattress on the floor yeah his cologne that's yeah all that's going on in there and then you go to Omar's house and it's nice. It's all white and tiled, and they've got yeah. this master bedroom, which is bright white and oh yes, it's all ornate. pristine and ornate, and everybody's like bed selfie, you know? right? And that's and that is the focal point of the arson. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. Like burning the wedding bed, right? And you're first, yeah. you're like, okay, that's a bad omen. It is, but. What is going on? You don't really know what's going on at that moment. Yeah. Now, this being the case, um, we find out later, of course, that it's the detective. We find out through the footage that he's the one that goes in and burns the bed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, holy shit, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real angel heart moment. <laughs> for the movie. True. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes, like, it is. And maybe that's why people were like trying to tie voodoo to this thing. Is oh, because they, maybe. Yeah, because there's that whole identity crisis, that whole oh, schism that happens with Johnny. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Johnny Favorite was the character's name. Johnny, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Favorite. Uh, he, he's the singer who, uh, um, the, I forget the detective's name, uh, Harry Angel, I think it was. Something like he's, that, yeah. He's on the case to find this guy. And, and when he finally finds him, it's him. <laughs> and he's the one that did all the gruesome killings. And, oh, well, spoilers for, spoiler. for Spo- this movie. Spoiler for Angel Heart. I hope you saw it already. <laughs> 1986. <laughs> 
<laughs> whatever year it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long it's time. It's a good ago. movie now. It is really a good movie. I oh, think yeah. I think it might have been like late eighties or early nineties, but still it was a long damn time ago. Yeah. Lisa yeah. Bonet. Yeah. Looking great in that yeah. one. Yeah. Good actress, everything. Mm-hmm. Like this is why didn't she do more of this? Right. I mean, she has since, yeah, but I believe she was difficult to work with. Oh, really? Yeah. So mm. too much success, too young, maybe. maybe. Yeah, she felt like she was a little better than than the movie roles she was getting, and she was evidently difficult to work with on the Cosby Show, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, guess who laughs last? Is she is she not married to Jason Momoa? <laughs> oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. He's got to be like five times bigger than her, right? Right. He's a monster. I saw him across the room at one of these conventions. I was in a, in Atlanta at a convention. I saw him walk through, and he's hilarious. He's just playing with a crowd. And, um, man, this guy, he's he's giant. He's like seven feet tall and <laughs> yeah. five feet wide. I think he is Bigfoot. We always <laughs> talk about Bigfoot. Maybe just Yeah, we haven't talked just... about Bigfoot on this episode yet. <laughs> no more Big Feet. No more Big Feet. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, did you did you end up watching the man who killed Hitler? And no, the we Bigfoot? haven't watched that yet. Oh, oh, that is you gotta see that one. The man. I thought about it. We watched. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna suggest it when we watched Book Smart before you picked that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that this one has Sam Elliott, and then it has a really good casting of a younger actor playing young Sam Elliott. Well, whatever his character's name is. Right. And um, and he is sent to kill Hitler because he's this really good. Um, military killer guy i'm not okay. sure what, what he's supposed to be but whatever whatever that role was in in world war ii um he was that killer that assassin who could go in and get the job done Ooh. and and so he was tasked with that and then in his old age he was tasked with now go kill a bigfoot <laughs> we need you to come out of retirement and kill bigfoot I don't think that's the same. I saw the need for killing Hitler, but I think Bigfoot was just minding his own business. Well, in the context of the story, and this and this is revealed pretty early, so it's not a big spoiler, Bigfoot is spreading a virus. Ooh. Oh. So they need to, like, stop him. Okay. And uh, they Bigfoot need... Bigfoot flu? Yeah. Okay. Bigfoot flu. <laughs> yeah. So... In, in, you know, these days with the coronavirus and how crazy that's starting to be revealed to be more widespread. Because at first I thought, oh, this is this is going to be some of that news hysteria that always happens. Right, right. You know, they, they want to talk about how many people have died from vaping. And it's like, so 30 out of the several million who are vaping have died? It doesn't sound like an epidemic. I was going to say, yeah, I like my chances. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> you'll probably be fine. You'll probably be fine. Yeah. Don't worry people so much. People aren't saying it's that Bigfoot's a Nazi. Oh, is, is <laughs> that right. the tie-in? Yes. Like, okay. He's a space Nazi. <laughs> he, you need was, to know the truth. Big feet have some sort of fascist society. <laughs> yes. Where, okay. or, or did they just grab some Hitler DNA and, you know... <gasps> Big feats are cloning Hitlers. Maybe they're libertarians, though. They're like, you know, off-the-grid mountain men who are libertarians. That's, that's it. Probably that's, that's right. It. Yeah. I was thinking more that, that the aliens were taking Hitler DNA and weaving mm. it into the Bigfoot. The Big Feet? Yeah. Yeah. Because they could do that stuff on their ships. Sure. And then yeah. they just fuck off back to their planets and everything's fine. Sure. <laughs> they just leave us with these weird Hitler Bigfoots. Ah, oh, keep your fascist big feet on your own planet. Thank you. And we talk about this deep, meaningful movie, and then we just descend into Hitler big feet. <laughs> well, last right. night I was like, well, we won't be talking about this movie. <laughs> Since we both were quiet and and totally 
<laughs> paying attention to it. You know, to... Right. And it worked. It worked so well with oh, everything. It it, with everything it, it set out to do. It really did, and it was beautifully shot. The cinematography was yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, because it was not also a pretty a woman, place. By the way, woman cinematographer. Good. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome. Good yeah. job, ladies, because this was a this was an amazing movie. It was just really good. Yeah. The whole thing. It was good from start to finish. It's a little, you know, it's got a slower pace, but it's not boring at all. Mm-mm. You enjoy spending time with these people. You enjoy this mystery. Right. Yeah. Um, even though the viewer kind of figures out the mystery before the investigator does. But right. That's all right. Yeah. There are worse things, right? Yeah. So um, movies that, that I would say would be a good go with for this, but that would also maybe go a little further toward horror. Um, Atorados, Terrified. Okay. That, that one that we watched. Was yeah, that an yeah. Argentinian movie? Argentinian, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That one, um, it, it kind of had that similar thing where it's like you've got detectives, you've got investigations into some things that have happened, and we're not sure what's going on. And we get these yes, reveals. Yes, I agree. That's a very similar... But um, much spookier. Yes, it reminded me much of, more threatening. Yeah, you you sympathize with the supernatural element in this one. And you don't like you yeah. know him. At you once you realize what's going on, you're like, well, I'm not frightened because I'm not a jerk. So right. you know, <laughs> it reminded me of Personal Shopper in a way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Personal uh, Shopper. I mean, uh, Personal Shopper was a little more, again, a little more terrifying, a little more horrifying. Yeah. Because um, he didn't quite know what the ghost was doing um or who it, who it necessarily with. was yeah mm-hmm. but i felt like the pacing the kind of the mood the mood was a lot like that and uh what was it called under the skin the, oh yeah. yeah that one too like yes. that mood yeah uh, yeah that that's one of those movies where you're like it doesn't need dialogue no mm-hmm. no and they're all movies where you kind of enjoy spending your time in that world that they built right and even if something awful is happening, you're like, but it's happening somewhere really pretty and it's quiet here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or I still enjoy these characters and going about with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, for example, um, in in uh, Under the Skin, they had uh, like the guys on the motorcycles. Like, what the hell are they up to? You know? Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. uh, But they don't just come out of nowhere. You see them coming from the distance. You hear their motorcycles, and then they approach, and you're like, okay. So you have some time to absorb it. And I think that's kind of like uh, we're we're in such a world of jump scares and immediate gratification. It's kind of nice to have this thing where let it build. You know, let it let it approach. I agree. Um, Yeah. We we need more of that. Yeah. And, And I would say. Any listeners who who haven't who are for whatever reason listening to this and haven't watched this movie, give it a watch. It's on Netflix. Who doesn't have a, a at least access to Netflix? Right. Yeah. And um, those other movies we just mentioned, <laughs> those are definitely worth a look. Yeah. It's um, it's got subtitles. It's a uh, French Wolof and a little bit of English. Uh huh. Um, and Arabic. And Arabic. It's really you know. Um, yeah, read some subtitles, people. Read some subtitles. Just I, enjoy it. I thought that was great how multilingual they were and how they could just switch, you know, mid-conversation. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. always so impressive. Yeah. yeah, it was lovely. And I assume the person they were speaking English to was actually Spanish. 
Right. Because Maybe that I was assume that was their middle a ground. Spanish authority there. And yeah. Okay, we can both speak English. Yeah. yeah. Must be some international standard or something. Yeah. And apparently that is the case. You know, like if you are in any of the like the European countries where we as Americans are known for being tourists, most people at least can, you know, kind of uh make their way through a conversation speaking English and a lot of them are very fluent. So, right. you know, we're spoiled on that. We're very spoiled. Yeah. And if you watch a lot of Escape to the Continent, you know our our cousins across the pond are also spoiled because they can just find an expat community and never even bother to learn French. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that or was Portuguese the case, but Spanish. that seems to right. be the case that they... <laughs> They're a lot like Americans and that we don't right. need to learn another language. They all speak English. Maybe that's yeah. where we got it from. See, Joel, Jolian's not here to defend his countrymen. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they would be required to take a, a second language, a foreign language in school in England, mm-hmm. I believe. And I, I could be mistaken on that. Probably. But, but I've met so many English people who speak French because, in their opinion, it's right there. Why not learn it? Why you not? can you can totally go there. So right, yeah, you can get on a train and you're there shortly. Yeah, so that's a thing. So overall, and, and I probably don't really need to um, say more than you know the the bright future of this filmmaker is definitely uh, hers for the taking. Absolutely, yes. and the whole crew who worked on it. There's no reason that she couldn't bring anyone who she liked working with with her to the next project. Absolutely, I I can't wait for her to do another project. Yeah. And I don't know what else she's done other than that short. I don't know. That, that was a, um, I assume, the same sort of story. Let's see. I think this is a de- debut in every Which sense. is amazing, because everything worked in it. Yeah. The music, the acting, the cinematography, the pacing, the writing, everything worked. Yeah. Um, this is a debut movie. So, wow. You know, this, this is what we want to look for more of and yeah. support it. You know? Absolutely. Um, I, I want more from her. I want more movies of that caliber. Yeah. You know, and especially in horror. Like, it doesn't have to be a a cheap shoestring budget with nothing but jump scares and bad theatrical makeup. <laughs> right. You know? So, I guess then the question would be, um, who is this for? Because I don't need to ask, do we recommend it? Because we can easily say, yes, it gets my vote. I don't know that I can recommend it to a, a real diehard horror fan without the caveat that it's it's going to ask a little more of you. Mm-hmm. You're going to read some subtitles. You're going to endure no jump scares. Right. If you could handle that, no gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the spooky stuff isn't even going to like give you the creeps. No. But it's going to be profound and it's going to be interesting. Um, so, yes, I'll recommend it. And I'll recommend it to horror fans with a caveat. But... Um, but what more can we say about how we recommend it and to whom? Well, obviously, if you're looking for something, you know, that bridges the gap maybe between horror and art house or the foreign cinemaphile. Right. That's totally this movie. Um, I think, too, if you just want to experience someone else's life and someone else's reality while at the same time realizing that you're going to be able to relate to every piece of it because it's all the human experience. Right. Um, then it's, if you like good movies, you know, and, and just enjoying the whole of the movie, mm-hmm. I think you'll like it. Yeah. It's for you. Yeah. 
and, and this is a like like you said it bridges a gap so mm-hmm. if somebody is like hey i i only like horror movies and you only like art house movies well you can both sit down and watch this. perfect yes. yeah perfect it's funny because i used to use um uh like the perfect example for like when i was younger and some of my guy friends who were a little younger than me would be like oh i don't want to watch chick flicks you know, uh, where you know, like uh, romantic comedies of whatever sort, and right. especially the formulated ones. You know, I can't stand a lot of them because it's just so dumb and obvious, and the same tropes happen. One of the suggestions I used to make the the big bridge, the big crossover was just get a John Cusack movie. You, he's he's cool. You dig him. He's a he's a neat guy. You'd hang out with. I would. You know what? I would also <laughs> say that this would be a, a pretty good date movie. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's romantic. Yeah. You know, um, it's got a strong female lead. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a great date movie. Sure. And why not? You know, this is the kind of dates people should go on. Right. But uh, yeah, it bridges a gap and it, uh, you know, and it sort of uh, helps people on um, a nice, pleasant date experience. Yeah. Netflix and chill. Netflix really? Netflix and chill. This? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Will, any other thoughts on uh, who might dig this and why? I think most people, if you're into movies, would dig this. Yeah. If you're not, you know, hung up on reading subtitles or something stupid like that. Yeah. You know, any, the, any good foreign movie, you're going to forget you're reading them five, ten minutes in. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I do, mean, you, do you remember watching Amelie and then, you know, you... By the end of the movie, you're like, you forget you're, you're reading it. Oh, yeah. And and we voluntarily watched things um, with subtitles like The Dark. Was that the television yeah. series from Germany? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. dubbing was so... It didn't work dubbed at all. No, In it fact, was really poorly dubbed. You'd rather read subtitles. Yeah. When you read the subtitles, like the actors' voices made sense. Yeah. And it all just fit together and was really watchable and good. And you forgot you were reading the subtitles, but when it was dubbed, it, it was just off for some reason. It didn't yeah. feel right. You yeah. didn't want to have to deal with it. It was a bit overacted. It. Yeah. You know, or underacted maybe. It was stilted sort of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good phrase. Some people who maybe might be a good on-screen actor aren't great voice actors. I think yeah. that, that definitely happens. Yeah, and there's that disconnect because they're not whoever's doing the 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 dubbing isn't the actual you know most often not the actual actor right so they don't have that connection to it you're right. you're you're stirring this extra personality that never really belonged yeah and and yeah they and they can't really put themselves in the scene the same way the actor in the scene could put themselves in it right. yeah for sure. Well, if uh, if there's nothing else on this one, let's uh, call it a show. And then hopefully if all goes well, we'll watch Dr. Sleep and record with Ziggy. If not this next show, then the one after. But uh, we're we're also asking um, Jackie, who who is our Nicolas Cage aficionado, yes. to come back to the show. Ooh, yeah. Are we going to watch a Nicolas Cage movie? I hope so. All right. Yeah. I mean... I hope we watch one. If not, we're going to be watching three. America's <laughs> finest actor. You know what, it. What if Nick Cage did a Frankenstein? Ooh, Does he get a pass? Don't do it, Nick. Don't make me break the rule. All right. <laughs> he did a Frankenstein. Oh, man. <laughs> no. 
problem. Yeah, the technology is only a couple years out from being able to make your own deep fake what <laughs> Nick <if> Cage movie. <gasps> we have Nicolas Cage as a Frankenstein. In a Rob Zombie movie. In a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> yes. With a Mike Myers crossover. Yeah, I'll take Ooh. it. I'll take it. Frankenstein versus Halloween. Yeah. Right. Frank and Ween. Frank and Ween. <laughs> hey, there's one of those out there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's call it a show. Eugenia, thanks again for being here with us. Oh, thanks for having me. It was fun. Awesome. And uh, listeners, thank you for listening. I don't have one. <laughs>